Like you look at the stuff that's Israel in the news right now. This is all predicted in the Bible. Israel being kicked out of uh, Jerusalem and then coming back. And there's a reason why they can't. God gave these people this land in a covenant with Abraham right at the beginning of the Bible. It's, it's their land, talking about the nation of Israel. That's why you, you can't kick them out of there. God gave them to it. And he also predicts in the Bible everything that's happened to this race of people from the beginning of time to now. He predict, God predicted in the Bible that they would be kicked out of uh, Israel and that they would be brought back. And we're now at the stage where they're being brought back into their homeland. And when they are brought back, I hate to tell everyone this, but it gets really, really troublesome for the Jewish people. Um, all over the world, they'll be persecuted, maybe even worse than the last time that they were persecuted in the Holocaust, which is also predicted in the Bible. God predicted they'd be kicked out of Israel and they'd be persecuted all over the nations. Um, so when you actually study the Bible and you study history, you can actually go, oh, everything that's happening right now, I can give you the page number in the Bible that explains what's happening to the nation of Israel right now. It's incredible. But when you actually... I've seen a lot, actually. I was going to bring this up, actually, Alistair. I've seen yeah. a lot online um, about a lot of people making a, a religious connection to everything that's going on at the minute. So if we were to sort of... Are you able to... Because clearly you've, you know a lot about this. Um, what what does it videos. mean, what, Bible, what does it mean it. in regards to, to timescales? Oh, great question. Yeah. Great question. There's, there's, I think, 16 predictions that major predictions God makes about the nation of Israel in the Bible, right? From the beginning of time to the end of time. We're at like number 14 is happening right, right now. Okay. Number 14 is when they come back into the land, their homeland, which is Jerusalem, essentially. When they come back in, all the nations will turn against them, the Bible says. I think we're watching prediction 14 of 16 take place because it's chronological. You know, you can see through the Bible, this happens to Israel, then this, then this, then this, then this. Number 15 is Jesus coming back, by the way. So when I tell people we're close to the end, I think we're at number 14 of 16, with 15 being uh, Jesus coming back. And the world, of course, goes to hell right at the end of the Bible, literally. And I see things getting bad and they keep getting worse, right? So, and this is God's plan. The reason why I'm relaxed about it is because it's literally God's plan is for... Uh, what does the end mean then? Because in regards to, uh, let, let me draw out the common sense here as well. Yeah, please. There's going to be a lot of people that, whether they have religious connotation or not, it can induce a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. The social media will do that in people yeah. anyway. What What does the end mean? So from a, a religious point, from your point of view as well, Alice, what, what does the end mean? Well, in order to describe the end, I need people to focus on the beginning, right? right. Like we're, in, we're in year 2023. The whole of the human race agrees on that. There isn't anyone walking around who's got their own year. Well, 2023 years since what? When does our history begin? When does our time begin? And the answer is the birth of Jesus, right? Next year will be 2024. We are counting away from the birth of Jesus. Now, people in today's society, they don't really have a special place for Jesus. They don't really study what Jesus said, who he was, et cetera, et cetera. Because like I said before, it's been obscured by the enemy. But Jesus is the man that came to earth and stopped time. All time revolves around Jesus now. And there's nothing the enemy can do about that, right? This is a man of incredible significance. And when you read about what he says, you study what Jesus says, you know that we're on a timeline here. 
and it's God's timeline. And the end of God's timeline is the return of Christ. And when Christ returns, that's it. When Christ returns, that's it. Anyone that is not found, found to believe in Christ at that time will have to answer for their sins themselves before God. Because anyone who believes in Jesus, the point of Jesus' crucifixion was he took the price that you owe on the cross. There's no way that God can't let any sin into heaven. People always say, well, what about this guy? He's kind of a good guy. Won't he go to heaven? God can't let any sin into heaven. Otherwise, it wouldn't be heaven. So in order for you to get to heaven with God, you have to be sinless. And it's impossible for us to do that. But human beings have been trying for thousands of years to keep the Mosaic law, to not sin here, not sin. Everyone sins. So God's solution for this was send his own son to earth to be crucified. And on that cross, he paid the price for every sin you and I have ever committed or ever will commit. So everyone, the Bible tells us, everyone who believes that is credited Jesus's righteousness onto them before God. So when I die or when Jesus returns, whichever happens first, because I believe in Jesus, that he paid for my sins, I will be, I will stand before God as sinless as Jesus. And that's what the devil's trying to obscure. And that's what the end will be. This world will get worse and worse, Carl, so that people that don't believe will start to turn to God, which is what happened to me. You know, as this gets worse and worse, things get worse and worse. People will say, I don't want where we're going. People will start turning to God. They'll start looking to God. And that's why the devil is allowed to do this. Because as things get worse and worse, more people will be saved towards the end and were ever saved at the beginning. Um, but one final one, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, Alistair, was because when, when we met at the comedy club um, last year, sure. back end of last year. Yeah. Energy-wise, Alistair, you know, it, it, you pick up on energy. Yeah, you, you, I'm sure you do this as well. And energy-wise, yeah. from from you, you don't meet many people that exude a, a type of energy. So that's a compliment. That's not number sure. one. Take but, it. The, but what was interesting about that as well was how open you were about everything that you're talking about now. That's exactly why I wanted to talk to you as well. Yeah. Because you have been so open, especially recently, about about your relationship with Christianity, your relationship sure. with with religion in general, with everything that you're saying now, with everything that's going on conflict wise, and and the links that you've put in with all of that, how has that changed your life? What what? Uh, how do you see things moving forward? The complete change is an absolute, complete one thousand percent change. You know. There's no other way. If, you, if your life doesn't completely change a thousand percent after you meet Jesus, you didn't, you didn't meet Jesus. It's impossible. God revealed himself to me. God called me by name, revealed himself to me, let me know to, that he's real. Let me know that he loves me and he's got my back. And this is at the, my lowest point when I have nothing. I've lost everything. I believe the deep state's out to kill me. You know, now I've got a great family. I just had another baby. You know, my, my life is wonderful. I work at my local church, serving people coffee and stuff. You know, I love it. I used to want to be a famous Netflix, all this crap. Yeah. Now I make people coffee and I love it. You know, yeah. I love it. I've got this um, humility about me that I never had before. Um, and also, Jesus literally says, if you want to follow me, you have to give up everything. There's, you have to give up everything. You have to lose everything of your old self. Your old self has to die, right? And that that is true. That's you know, and it happens. It's a it's a process. It it goes on and on. But the more I've been a believer, the more I've been able to let go of 
of things that I used to do that, that weren't good for me, that were, you know, sinful. You know, I used to smoke weed every day, nonstop, man. I was smoking weed every day. And then God ended it for me in one, one, you know, word from him. And it was over. I never, I never went back to it pretty much ever again. And I used to be like, Four times a day, I was just permanently. Was that explain? Was that a physical thing? Was it something that you saw? Was it visual? What? What actually? Oh, sure. Happened? I love telling, but it was God has got a sense of humor. So I was watching a video by a guy called Mark the Messenger on YouTube, and he was explaining that there's certain items that are to do with witchcraft that you might have in your house, right? And he was like, you need to get rid of these items. And he and he was like, and I paused the video at this moment and I said, God, if there's anything in my life in my house that is to do with witchcraft, I want you to show it to me, right? Please. And I hit play and the guy goes, my one is weed, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I thought, I got this big weed plant in my house. I literally hit pause in the video. I was like, God, that was fast. And I went home and I took all my weeds. I took my wife, I was like, come with me. And she was like, where are we going? She hates me smoking weed. I got all my weed stuff, put it in a bag, put this thing in there, threw it away, never came back in the house. She couldn't believe it. And that was one word from God. I knew that that was God saying to me, you know, I don't want you using this weed. And the, the reason why I know the Bible's real, there's also, there's so much information in the Bible. The Bible says that nothing that causes fear or confusion is from God, right? And I would think about when I smoke weed, I feel scared and confused. You know, I'm, I you know, can't get my thoughts together and I get very paranoid. And I remembered these scriptures and, I, and that reinforced it for me. I'm like, why am I continuing to make myself paranoid, to make myself, why am I using this thing that's no good for me? And my life is so much better now without it. And I could not kick that habit, Carl, in my own strength. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. But part of surrendering yourself to God is you have to say, God, I can't do this. Do this for me. And then God comes in and he helps you. He likes you to realize that you you need him. You know, that you're not this prideful, incredible human, you know, that's going to do it all. I used to think that God needed my help, which now I feel is just so hilarious. You know, I was like, don't worry, God, I'm going to save the world. And now I'm just like, wow, what a, what a proud moron I was to think that the God of heaven and earth needs my help in some way, you know? Um, but no, it is a huge change, man. It's, that's it's, ego, isn't it? That, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's ego. Yeah. Which I'm, which I'm probably still full of in some way, but, that was the first thing God dealt with me about was I was so full of pride and ego, you know, so full of it. And God dealt with me and is still dealing with me. And it feels rough. Some like I didn't want my hair to fall out or to get sick or so I couldn't lift weights or everything that I used to value in myself was taken away like that. Just overnight, my hair just starts dipping giant handfuls in my, in my head. I remember just being in the mirror, like, oh, you know, it was, but that's what made me pound the Bible. Because I, because I feel like it happened to me because I was doing the right thing, right? Because like you said, stress. I was trying to take on the evil world and I just got decimated. And I went to the Bible. With you like, can feel on, pretty lonely as well, right? It yeah. Can, you can feel lonely, yeah? Yeah. So I went to the Bible with my problem. Like, how is this fit, God? I'm like, I'm trying to do the right thing here and my whole life's falling apart. And uh, in the book of Matthew, Jesus says, well, is it better to suffer for doing the right thing or the wrong thing? So... Let's say you're suffering in jail because you're a piece of crap and you broke the law and your life's ruined because you're a piece of crap, right? But you feel terrible. But if you're suffering because you did the right thing, how much better is that? And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, and I didn't care about my suffering anymore because I read what Jesus said. And this is one of the reasons I'm sure about the divinity of Jesus is his words 
changed my life. They changed the way I think. They they make me more able to deal with suffering. They make me more able to change myself in various good ways. And I've never seen as much wisdom from anyone or anything as I have in the Bible. You know, there's no one that can, you know, like Jordan Peterson does like three hour lectures on a, on a paragraph in the Bible and he runs out of time. Mm. And it's like, man, if someone this clever can spend mm. three hours on one paragraph mm. and still be amazed by it, well, then who am I to believe has written this book? It's It's way beyond human intelligence, this book. And the more I follow the rules set out in this book, the better my life gets, the happier I am, you know, in every way. So the evidence that God is real is all around me everywhere. And all I can do is tell people about it now. You know, I can't shut up about God and about Jesus because what would you expect? It's completely changed every aspect of my life. What am I going to tell people about the conservative party? Oh, vote for <laughs> Rishi Sunak and we'll all be fine. Please.